This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Everything you need to know in order to succeed in marriage, from practical advice to current events, this is the EXO Podcast. Now here's your host, Brent Evans. All right, welcome to the EXO Podcast, brought to you by Marriage Today. This is the podcast dedicated to helping you thrive in life and in love and every area of your life that deals with relationships. We're going to have a great podcast today. This is our 14th episode. Wow. Yeah, it's four, number one, four. And uh, it gets better every week. We're just building really and building and building. every week. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> so we've got a good podcast episode today. We have Neil Prevost. He is a divorce attorney. Mm-hmm. He is going to be talking to us about the cost of divorce. It's not... It's not something we love to talk about, which mm-hmm. is the D word, the divorce word, but it's something that a lot of couples go through, and we want to give people the best information that they can mm-hmm. before they enter that process, because there's a lot of information out there yeah. that could really help them uh, hopefully avoid it. And also, we have Jefferson Bethke on the podcast today. Mm-hmm. He'll be joining us at the EXO conference. He's going to be coming to us via Skype from Hawaii. Yes. What is Hawaii? <laughs> the big island or maybe a small one we're not sure but hawaii that's a place i want to go to yes. paradise all right but also with me in the studio is emily green hello welcome thanks and ashley greenwood soon to Hi. be ashley ziegler oh yes engaged still yeah. one blind. week later you're blinding everybody <laughs> even the people listening to this like, my Stop. Oh, my we can see it <laughs> thank you <laughs> uh recently engaged your wedding is june the 2nd june 2nd save the date that's right mm-hmm. best the best time to get married is in june a great place to be an event planner you know yeah. i'm just used to it so i'm just going down the list and if you want to know who's behind exo it's these two gals right here they've poured a lot of blood sweat and tears into the exo conferences little tears yeah little tears little, <laughs> little tears sweat. it doesn't matter they're all tears uh but we're gonna be talking today about the conference coming up in two weeks yes. 16 days away from exo conference at gateway church mm-hmm. south lake texas february 9th and 10th give everyone that's listening kind of a rundown of where we are well, live in South Lake, Texas, which just sold out today, so we'll have 4,000 people there. And then we have over 425 different host sites yep. from all over, really, the world, mostly U.S. Um, I think we're only missing two states, which would be Connecticut and New Hampshire. So if anyone's interested, we definitely want a host site there. Um, but what we're most excited about for XO, you don't have to just come to South Lake. You can go to a host site anywhere near you and attend and have a great time. Good. Good. That's great. Yeah. Em- Emily, we have, we're sold out. Yeah. At, at the South Lake campus. Mm-hmm. Um, we have been selling tickets since the last conference we had there last year. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we've been seeing numbers climb and climb and climb every week until this last week where we're kind of officially sold out. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. So if somebody's out there and they're like, Dad, gum it. Those are my Valentine's plans. <laughs> where do we send them? Uh, so we want to send you to exomarriage.com. You'll be able to find any of our available sites. Mm-hmm. Um, like Ashley said, they're all over the country. Yeah. So you can search by your zip code mm-hmm. so you see which ones are local. And then um, also in DFW, the Gateway campuses, there's mm-hmm. six additional campuses. Yep. 
six including South Lake. So Dallas, North Fort Worth, North Richland Hills, uh, definitely the DFW we've got you carried mm-hmm. or covered, excuse me, and then uh, all over the country. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's going to be good. Yeah. So there's a way on there they can search, but also in the Dallas area, there's churches all around the, the, the area. Mm-hmm. People come in to the conference from all around mm-hmm. the yes. country, even the world. It's a it's a big deal for for a lot of people. It's their highlight of their year. Yeah. They're, they're the way it's the way they celebrate Valentine's. Mm-hmm. On social media, we keep seeing they say every time like we plan this every year. You should come. You should bring your friends. Like it's a they can use it for their vision retreat or just a way. It's nice. It's in February to really kickstart their year and prioritize their relationship. Mm-hmm. Weather's typically good here in February and South Lake. So we're, we need all the prayers. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, there's last. Last year was great weather, and uh, so we're always thankful for for when we have good weather. So I hope everyone can come out, make it to the South Lake event. If you can't, go to the Simulcast host site and check it out. Okay, let's talk about our content at the conference. This Mm -hmm. is our best conference I feel like we've ever done. And I'm saying that with a little bit of... um, uh, I don't know. I'm a little jaded because it's uh, it's my baby. It should get better every year. My yeah. father speaks We're, just, we're beating ourselves, yes. you know? Yeah. No, it is. It, every year we try to say, what can we do to add more special features mm-hmm. for the couples coming and, and better content every year? My Value. Mm-hmm. My dad's coming up with new sessions this year. He's, he's bringing some new content. Uh, we have new speakers we've never had before mm-hmm. coming to be a part of the conference. Um, we've got some swag that mm-hmm. we haven't had. Some yeah. swag. Why don't you yes. tell everyone about the... Uh yeah, so we're really passionate about uh, making EXO part of your lifestyle. So we've included EXO on some uh, swell bottles, some coffee cups, uh, T-shirts, and we are actually going to have those available online. Mm-hmm. So and our uh, national audience can get that as well. Our listening audience can't appreciate this as much, but we have, we're wearing the wristbands everyone will get. And Emily mm-hmm. found yeah. these. These are This is all Emily. This They're is the awesome. best wristband bracelet I've ever seen for a conference. Yeah, so uh, this is a company called So Good that we've partnered with. Um, and the cool thing is they're reversible, so they are um, friendly to male and female. So Which is good because one side has flowers on it. Yes, uh-huh. one side is a little floral, hey, but hey, men are flowers. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, I, don't, I didn't say anything, broad but I'm just saying that there's, there are some guys. Maybe even your fiance is included. Uh, he would never wear floral. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> My husband would wear floral. Strong man. <laughs> Uh, uh, he so would never I, wear a gingham shirt either. And I can see oh. this, this worst for, never wear a gingham shirt. Like a blue and white check shirt. Thank Even you so it's much. So yeah, I'm wearing the sport coat today because I'm talking to a lawyer. It's but, a classic. Or because you're here with us. Mm-hmm. But I also really like British fashion too. And so I think this is a very British yes. look. Yes. And I could put on my best British Man of accent. style and <laughs> relationship advice. <laughs> So the bracelets are awesome. We're going to have a great time for the yeah. couples coming. Mm-hmm. And uh, even if you're at a host site, mm-hmm. we have a lot of useful things for you at the host mm-hmm. sites f- to be able to build your relationship. It's mm-hmm. going to be a fantastic yeah. event. I so hope that you can uh, come to the live event. If you mm-hmm. can, come to a simulcast host site. It really will bless your marriage. It'll, yeah. it'll give it the boost it needs. And if you're in crisis, if you're single, those are all times and places where mm-hmm. you can still use the information yeah. that you'll receive at the EXO mm-hmm. conference. So. Yeah. We're really declaring that our verses, Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, yep. and it even says it on the bracelet, so we're saying, I'm doing a new thing, and we're believing no matter who's coming, what stage of life you're in, whether you're engaged, coming through crisis, like God's going to do something new specifically in your life at the conference. Yeah. Good, yeah. good, good. Well, you'll see us there. We will be there. We will be doing we'll our thing around. there. We'll actually have a podcast studio set up on site. We'll be interviewing the speakers there as well. You're going to have your hands full. Yeah. Uh, well, we have 10 different speakers and you're interviewing all of them. My dad does his thing and I'm trying to kind of do a little bit more of the interview style stuff. Um, we will have Facebook live mm-hmm. as well. 
So we'll be talking to everyone uh, via Facebook Live. Mm -hmm. Hashtag for the event is going to be XO18. Yep. And we're definitely trying to put a lot of content on Facebook so that everyone can get involved. Good. Well, if you see us there, say hi. We would love to see you, especially Ashley and Emily. Yes. Give them a pat on the back because they have done. Emily will give you a hug. She will give you a I hug. I will definitely give you a hug. She 50-50 likes to find cranky people, maybe that, whatever reason, maybe I had do. a fight in the audience or in the parking lot, and she'll give everyone a hug. It's good. She wins them over. Yep. She's also a fantastic singer. She was uh, asked <laughs> to sing at <laughs> Ashley's wedding, and she sang us a little song before, and she has a beautiful voice. She did great. Thank it's you. great. Very kind. Very talented here at Marriage Today. Thank you. All the things, you <laughs> know? Multi-talented. <laughs> Multi-talented. Okay. Well, we have uh, two special guests coming up on the podcast, Neil Prevost, who's a divorce attorney, and Jefferson Bethke. He's a big deal. He has a lot of followers, I know, on YouTube. He's done amazing things, and not only the evangelical kind of gospel side of things. He talks mm -hmm. a lot about Jesus and how to know Jesus on a deeper level. Mm -hmm. yeah. A lot of spoken word stuff. Can I mm -hmm. do spoken word stuff? I'm not very good at it. I can sing along to rap lyrics sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. don't but too I fast. wouldn't quite say that's no, a spoken I wouldn't quite say that's a spoken yeah, right word. Right under. Yeah. But him and his wife, Alyssa, have a lot of marriage content mm -hmm. as well. He's going to be speaking at the conference. Mm -hmm. So stay tuned. Stick around. Yeah. Date night. Uh, James, does he believe in date nights? He Ashley? does. You know, we're not married and we don't have kids, so... Technically, we get to go on date night all the they time. They go on more date nights than I do I know. or have ever. You just have to enjoy it now. Well, I'm telling you now, one of the things you need to subscribe to is Datebox. Mm -hmm. yes. Get in the habit of date night. Yes. Real date night. Like yes. one that you can sit down and have quality time together. Yeah. Our friends at Datebox, they make it easy. It's a subscription service. Mm -hmm. They send you a date in the mail every month. If you don't know what I'm saying, mm -hmm. I'm telling you it's one of the coolest things you've seen. It's because awesome. every month it's different. They put stuff in the box that's specifically tailored for you. Mm -hmm. Go to getdatebox.com. Use the promo code EXOPODCAST. Your first month's free. All you have to do is pay $5 for shipping and handling. Please check them out. They're good people. They'll yep. be at the conference as well, at yeah. Exo Conference, mm -hmm. telling everybody about their great service. Yeah. We'll see you right back here with Jefferson Bethke and Neil Prevost. There is no such thing as an easy marriage. When you do it God's way, it's possible and it's wonderful, but it's not always easy. And the emotions are not always present. Now, let, let me say this. Again, let's go back to the Hollywood lie. The prettiest people are in Hollywood. If anyone had good chemistry, it would be movie stars. They should explode when they kiss. Their chemistry is so good. And who has the worst marriages on the planet? It's because they get married thinking that because they're attracted to one another or the chemistry is right or they have great sex, that somehow that's going to translate into long-term intimacy. It does not. If you marry the perfect person, you're going to have to work through challenges. Let me say this. The best marriages are not two perfect people, two soulmates who get married and are automatically in love. The greatest marriages are two people that get together and they roll their sleeves up and they work things out and they go through the trenches of life and come out the other side best friends. All right, welcome back to the EXO Podcast. We've got a great podcast going today. This is designed to help you thrive in life and in love. You heard before from Emily and Ashley about the EXO Conference. Everybody's getting excited about it, but I'm excited about having somebody special in the studio today, Mr. Neil Prevo. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. And I'm excited to be here. I pronounced it earlier Prevost because I'm not from Louisiana, but you corrected me on that. And That's I, all right. And I appreciate uh, you being here. Uh, Neil is a family law guy attorney attorney sure but you, i love what you say you're a divorce attorney that does not like divorce 
Amen. Yes. Yep, that is correct. And uh, thank you for being part of the podcast. We met through Teresa Thomas. And, yep. Who's a, who's a mutual friend. Uh, uh, she does our Operation Hope here at the ministry. And uh, she told me so much about you. What I love is, is that you have seen the other side of, of the marriage equation. You know, we try to get people into marriage happily, keep them married, ha- married happily. Uh, but so many times, so many, some people are just, you know, in a bad situation. They don't know how to get out of it. They don't have the information that we're trying to provide. Right. So they go through divorce. So we're going to be talking to you about how to maybe help people avoid the pain of divorce. Um, I've spent 25 years breaking families up and I'm really committed. I want to spend, I've learned a few things about how people can change, what they can do, how they can recognize their circumstance. And I really want to spend the next 25 keeping them together if possible. It's good. And you have a new book coming out. It's, the working title is Divorce Lawyer's Guide to Staying Married. It's a great, I hope that, so. that will get people's attention, <laughs> you know, and I tell people this, I've, I've mentioned it several times recently, uh, divorce lawyers are good advertisers and marketers. And there's a certain advertisement on uh, the radio all the time. And it's talking specifically to divorced dads, dads, dads. who are going through divorce. Yep. And so I, you know, I know who, if, I'm never going to get divorced, but I do know who's out there because they do a good job of, of promoting themselves. And I always think, I wish we could do more to keep, you know, Put another step in the, the equation so they don't go straight to the divorce lawyer because right. they can just get some information. But it sounds like that's what you're wanting to do is provide that information. Ab- absolutely. I mean, unfortunately, there's just a certain number of people who aren't going to make it no matter what we do. But what led me to this and sort of brought my heart to this space was after seeing, you know, maybe five, ten years in, I started to recognize, you know, I'm seeing the same divorce, the same issues between this husband and wife. I see them over and over and over again. And, and one day I actually joked with Teresa, our, our friend, you know, if we could just give husband lessons, if I could just help our wife lessons a little bit, then we could avoid a lot of this. And that was maybe 10, 15 years ago. But um, it, they just seem to be so unnecessary. And, and yeah. especially when children are involved, it's uh, especially devastating and People just don't understand the ripple effect of, of what they're about to do. And I hear about, we, we do marriage ministry, and we you know sell books and audio and video to people, and we ask them to come to our conferences to, sure. to learn about marriage, and we charge a fee for that. Um, we provide a counseling service, coaching service through Operation Hope, uh, and that has a fee to it. And it's, it's a nominal fee, and people always kind of say, well, I don't know if we can afford it, but I want you to talk about the cost oh of gosh. divorce. Are you kidding? It is definitely um, something where if you can make a small investment in your marriage, you can avoid that. Well, uh, can we talk in global terms sure. for a minute? Love okay. that. Uh, on average, I'm going to blow you away with the number, but do you know what the average divorce actually costs? The, the children's family, about a hundred grand. As best I can tell. No, I did not know that. Okay. Everybody think, oh, oh my God, you're just really an expensive lawyer, right? You really, Nope. That doesn't even include my fee. The single ben- biggest benefactors of divorce are landlords. Mm. Think about it. What does it cost to run an apartment? Just a modest little two-bedroom, maybe three, a couple of grand? Yeah. A couple mm. of grand a month, right? My experience says that most people will stay sort of apart before they remarry or going in, back into a nuclear uh, family-style home about four years. Well, 96 months times 2,000 a month, 
I mean, 48 months times 2,000 a month is $96,000. Yeah. Your kids don't get to go to camp. They don't get, you don't get to save for college. That doesn't go to your retirement. That doesn't go toward experiences or enriching your family's uh, lives as they, as they grow up. It goes to the landlord. And you just simply can't run two houses on what you can't run one on. Mm. And so everybody's lifestyle goes down. But uh, if, if you're thinking that 1000 or 1500 or $2,500 or $25,000 is too much to invest in, in saving your marriage, just you got to step back and think about that. I'm, you're about to spend $100,000 of your children's inheritance or your retirement if you get a divorce. It's really good. Easy. Uh, that- it kind of blows my mind because I didn't think about it from that that angle. You always think about just the lawyer's fees, yeah, and you know the the, the process there. But it really is you're dividing the homes. But I, I have a question because a lot of times one of the other spouse is the breadwinner, right? And and how does that work with the spouse who's left destitute? With uh, it does is there enough to make their life work? Well, and of course the lawyerly answer is it depends. And you never you never know, and it's different for each each family. But Texas is a community property state. They don't really have alimony. But a few years ago, maybe ten years ago, we did enact a a a very small alimony statute in Texas. And the idea is to get if the the spouse who's not the breadwinner doesn't have the skills, training, or experience to really make it, then we're going to give what's called rehabilitative alimony. They're going to get some money for some time to go get some training, some skills, or something so that they can provide for themselves. But it's very small. It's very limited in time. And um, we call those West Plano divorces. Okay. There's all kinds of income. They're driving they're big houses, big cars, and all that. they got no money. Right, 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 right. And so it is difficult. And women, I think, if they're in that spot. <laughs> West Plano money. I like they, they wind up being sla- enslaved mm-hmm. financially because they can't, you know, they can't get out. So if there's no real community, uh, then no. And everybody's lifestyle is going to decrease. Mm-hmm. Everybody's, especially the kids. When they, when they go through it. That's good. Uh, okay, so if I go to a surgeon, he's probably going to recommend surgery. Right. If I go to a divorce attorney, is it – I'm just talking about globally now. Like right. Just in the great industry that, that it is, that is it most likely that they're going to encourage me towards a divorce, even if it's subtle, because they want the business, right? I mean, it's, <laughs> it's not in their best interest. It's an economic reality that, yes, they're going to steer you say, you know, well, you could try, but have you tried, you've tried everything, haven't you? you they, can, they can paint the picture yeah, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty bleak. bleakly. Yeah. Sure, sure. And that's common, correct? I mean, that, Oh, yeah. And now, in, in all fairness, though, but, uh, most of the time, even when a couple goes to counseling, I think one of them is just probably there just to sort of check the box. Mm. Most of the time, if they actually get to my office, and this is sort of why I'm wanting to reach out earlier, because once they get to my office, one or the other has pretty much already decided that this is this is what's going to happen. And and um, my frustration is is not being able to get involved earlier in the process. But yeah, you're you're not going to have a lawyer. You're not going to go to a lawyer's office and have him try to talk you out of it. Right. Not, not for the most part anyway. And, and, and some states are more friendly to marriage. Um, so there's some states that actually encourage you to get marriage help before you get married sure. through some sort of pre-marriage process. I know in the state of Texas, we have the Together in Texas program, which encourages people by giving them a discount on their marriage license yep. 
to get marriage help. And there's some states that actually delay the divorce process uh, a little bit to kind of give everyone a little bit of time to cool off. I mean, the last thing you want to do is make an emotional decision about one of the biggest parts Absolutely. of your life. So what have you, what have you seen across the country in, in those sorts of trends towards marriage? Are, is it getting better in these states or are there better states than others? I, I think it is. Texas, it's only a 60-day uh, cooling off period. Mm-hmm. And they're thinking about extending that. There was talk in the last session of the legislature of extending that to uh, uh, a six-month rather than a 60-day uh, cooling that off period. That would be period. great. I think it would be very helpful to give them a, a chance to kind of maybe rethink and sort of understand the realities of, of what they're uh, they're going through. In uh, uh, some countries, it's as much as, uh, I know in Italy, it's two years. Wow. So you can, you can separate, you have to remain separated for two years before you can even uh, file for a divorce. So Is that, the murder rate going up? I don't, know. I, don't <laughs> know. I don't know. I would think the domestic abuse rates <laughs> right. may go up. So, and there is this balance. Do we want to force people to stay in relationships that are, that are unhealthy and, and perhaps even dangerous, but also, you know, don't we want to encourage marriage? Don't right. we encourage people to try to reconcile and, and get together? One of the elements of a divorce in Texas is, uh, is there any reasonable expectation of reconciliation? And everybody just sort of glosses over that question when they're finalizing uh, the divorce. But I believe, like uh, the Project Hope, I think there is a reasonable expectation if we could get uh, people to go uh, to something like y'all provide, I think there is a reasonable expectation. And it's only happened once, but I did get a judge in Denton County to order a couple to go uh, to uh, a session with Teresa. Yes. And they're still married. Praise God. So It you know, makes a difference. So it's, it's a different thing, but I would love to get it to where judges would routinely uh, order people. They order them to go to mediation to prevent the marriage, I mean, to finalize the marriage. But I would really like to see if they would start ordering people to go to mediation to uh, prevent the marriage. I mean, prevent the divorce. Prevent the divorce. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I want to talk about the kids. Okay. And the trauma that, it, that it, the effect of divorce on kids and the trauma they experience is enormous. Uh, what have you seen over the 20, 25 years you've been doing this in relation to kids? And, you know, people say kids are resilient. Is that true? Oh, they are. Kids, kids are resilient, but that doesn't mean they're not scarred. Mm-hmm. That, they may bounce back, but that doesn't, they, they're going to bounce back with baggage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is where it really just gets to me, the whole uh, divorce thing where parents uh, use the kids as pawns. Parents, uh, you know, they send messages, tell your dad I'll, I'll give you this if he'll pay his child support. They, uh, people go crazy when mm. they, they're just literally insane when they're going through a divorce. And they put their kids in in harm's way. And the one thing, even in a divorce, that I try to tell people, Brent, is that every time you throw an arrow or sling an arrow at your spouse, it first passes through the heart of your child. And and you just you just have to stop the uh, the fighting. Mm-hmm. And and it's really a business deal. At the end of the day, in a divorce, all that's going to happen is the judge is going to divide up 100 percent of your money. And they're going to divide up 168 hours a week with your kids. Mm. That's all they're going to do. That's mm-hmm. all they're ever going to do because that's all there is. There's all your money and 168 hours a week. Mm-hmm. And so, and if, and if you look at what winning means, it, it's in Texas, if you win primary custody, you have 57% of the time. And the other person has 43% of the time. 
So we're arguing over seven. We're talking about two days a month mm-hmm. is what we're, we're fighting over. But they, so, they want to oh, inflict pain. but they want to win. They oh, want yeah, to inflict absolutely. that. And they, want, yeah, they, they do absolutely. want the W oh, when yeah. it comes to the divorce. So they can say they can feel good about it if they came out a, uh, a winner. Uh, which is stupid as it sounds. It is. Um, and, and I love C.S. Lewis. I read the book a long time ago with C.S. Lewis talking about um, so many people think that when they get divorced, it's just a tearing up a piece of paper. Right. But it's more like an amputation. You're losing a part of your body. You've, you've built a family with somebody. And so it's excruciating and it's painful for people, whether they want to admit it or not. They're going through a lot of, a lot of uh, hurt and pain through the process. And so I, I want you to give some people hope out there that maybe are in, they're standing on the, the edge, mm. ready to maybe take that step towards divorce. Um, and you know, I know you're doing this in your book, but give some people some hope of what they can uh, look for to get out of the situation. And what, what are some practical steps for them? Well, I think here's the difficulty. Counseling is very, very difficult on men. They, they will go to two sessions and then they, they quit. Mm-hmm. So the, the mediation or the in, intensive, uh, uh, I'm not sure what, y'all, what the name is of y'all's program. Operation Hope. Operation Hope mm-hmm. is to get them in a room. And, and if guys could understand that it's not about right and wrong, it's not about did your mother dress you funny, uh, you know, what is it that's leading you? Not, it's not therapy. We're going through the process to try to help you figure out what's wrong and fix it. Mm-hmm. That's very attractive on the the male side if they can understand that that's what it is. It's not traditional therapy. It's look, we're going to get together and everybody's going to get in a room and we're going to we're going to fix this because we've got skilled, qualified people who know how to help you uh, fix this. So I think there's an educational uh, element, and I I. If people could stand back and also examine exactly what filter they've got in their in their brain about their belief system, and what I talk about is that in uh, what you've seen couples when they first they're they're engaged, they're mm-hmm. about to be married, and there you can't tell that girl anything bad about that guy because it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. It is only on positive. Only positive comes through, right? And he's got his best face on all and, the time. Oh, man. And and so, well, what about that cat he burned up last week? Well, you know, he said his friend did that. It wasn't him. And after all, I'm a dog person. You know? <laughs> it really doesn't matter to me. Well, seven years later, they come to my office and they've got the negative filter in. Mm-hmm. They can't see any good because they no longer believe that they're they're good. And so examining, and here's the truth. I mean, if you tell them, well, look, isn't he in the hospital today because he stopped and pulled two burning babies out of a, I mean, babies out of a burning car and, and at great peril to himself. And they'll literally tell you, oh, he just did that to make himself look good. Mm-hmm. You know. It's insane. It is. So here's the deal. He was never perfect and he, he's not Satan today right he's not yeah. he's not and so the, so examining the filter and just getting a deep breath and i think one of the things i love the name of the project it's operation hope. hope operation hope because if people get an infusion of hope they can stick around absolutely they can stay around and i do know this about the program is that it does give couples a place to hope mm-hmm. and um 
that's what I would, I would just encourage them to get some outside help because doing it themselves has obviously led them to the spot they're in. Well, what I love about Teresa and, and Pam and the group there and, and Janet, they bring couples in and I, I always feel like one spouse is ready for the other spouse to get it. Like, take them down. Fix him. Fix him. Or fix her. And what they do is they go, listen, everything that y'all want to bring here and put on the table we're not going to even address that. Like, we're not going to sit here and bicker about things. The facts that you have in your head right. aren't necessarily true. I mean, and if y'all are looking for a winner or a loser, then both of you lose. So they just start to disarm all these sorts of things oh, and get them to a place where they can just listen to maybe, maybe there's some ownership on your part. Right. And then they infuse some spiritual side to it. It's not overly religious, but it's very, very much like... Uh, I think it's an anointing that they have really to bring people to a place of awareness that God brought them together. That this isn't just some sort of, we signed a piece of paper and now we're, we're, right. we're, we're married. But they're bringing people to a place where they can understand it. So Operation Hope is on our website, marriagetoday.com. You can check them out. Uh, Teresa's actually in the studio. I'm, I'm bragging about her in front of her and so is Neil. But she Absolutely. really is fantastic. Their, their program's one of a kind. Uh, but we, we definitely want people to avoid the pain of divorce. Well, and it is it is avoidable, but there has to be a change of heart. I think what happens is when they go through a program like with Teresa, I I, I think the the goal um, has to be to we just start we get to the point where we see everything our spouse does through a negative filter, mm-hmm. and that's all about what you believe about them. And if you change what you believe about them, then you change how you feel about them. And if you change how you feel about them, you don't need a divorce. Mm-hmm. And that's what Teresa and them do so well. It's really good. Well, we talked a little bit earlier. I, actually, three weeks ago, my dad was on the podcast, and I had a Facebook question for him. What do you do if you're married to a narcissist? <laughs> and um, it got well, a, That is interesting. We posted that clip on Facebook, and it got a lot of feedback because people are, uh, people are at, at a loss. And, and I think when you're married to a narcissist, you're, you're basically the enabler or the servant in the relationship. You are. Uh, talk about narcissist, narcissistic personality disorder and narcissism and how that relates in your, in your world, what you see. Well, as you might gather, we see a lot of that because realize that when people are going through divorces, there's sort of a disproportionate share of those people where one or the other is narcissistic. Uh, people of reasonable minds can work together, and a lot of times they do, and most of the time they, they work it out. Uh, in my book, I actually say that the only one you just can't do anything with is someone who has high-spectrum uh, narcissistic personality disorder because they're simply un- incapable of seeing their role. They'll never own it. Mm-hmm. And I remember talking to one of my clients. I was representing the narcissist, and I said, look, I don't care if you only own 5% of this, but you were going to own 100% of your 5%. <laughs> I'm just tired of hearing you telling me how perfect you are. So tell me what – and I've actually started using that question in court. Mm. I'll ask the, the opponent on the stand, well, sir or madam, what percentage do you put on yourself of all this blame and all this kind of – and they can't help themselves. Mm. They will say zero. It's mm. all him or it's all her. And then the judge rolls their eyes. They understand what they're dealing with, and I win. <laughs> you know, But it, it's, it's just intractable. It's, it's, I, I don't know what to do unless you're willing to completely – subvert your personality to theirs, it, it, it is a hopeless deal. Mm. And it's sad and it's unfortunate, but there's no pill, no therapy, no nothing that you can do about it. Yeah. Um, the book's coming out. When? Did you have a release date yet? June. June. Good. June. June 1. And if people want more information about the book, how do they get 
that information. How about I give you a link to post on your website? Perfect. Can we do that? We would love that. All right. Yeah, we'll, I'll get that to you. We'll post it on the show notes. That would be great. I, I really am looking forward to, to looking at the book. And if I ever have somebody that's unfortunately going through divorce, I'm going to recommend it to you. Well, thank you very much. And there, there's a whole different flip side of that coin, which is to divorce differently. Um, when I go through it, I've got a group of lawyers that I, I work with that we all are of like mind. And the idea is to make sure that if you're going to go through it, you need to be able to be in the same room at the wedding, at the at the birth of a grandchild, at parents' weekend, and people need to look at them and say, oh, now they're divorced or they married, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So there's a way to do that differently too. Good. So good. Well, we don't want to encourage anybody to nope. get divorced, but I know it's going to happen at some point to some people because that's just the world we right. live in. And so thank you for being a part of the podcast thank today. You. It was very helpful My information. Pleasure. Uh, we'll post these um, links and all the information on our website. Please, uh, if you have any questions, please email us at podcast at exomarriage.com for Neil, Neil Prevo from Louisiana. I don't have a good Louisiana accent. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll be right back with Jefferson Becky. Thanks so much. The number one reason for divorce is not money, children, sex, or anything like that. The number one reason for divorce is a broken heart. People get married with just such wrong expectations. And then after being married for a while, it just doesn't work out the way that it should. And you just simply die of a broken heart. And by the way, our marriage vows are designed to prepare us for the worst. Remember, when you get married, you say for better or worse. Why do you say worse? To get you ready for the worst. For richer and poor, why do you say poor? But gets you ready for the worst. In sickness and in health, why do you say in sickness? To get ready for the worst. There's going to be some bad times. There's going to be some times of illness. There's going to be times where you don't have all the money you wish you could have. And in those times, are you committed? Are you committed? Anybody can be committed in the best of times. But it takes a special person to be committed in the worst of times. So let me, let me say this. Marriage is a covenant. The word covenant means to cut. You don't make a covenant, you cut a covenant. If there is no blood, there is no covenant. In the Garden of Eden, listen, uh, you know, a judge didn't create marriage, a legislature didn't create marriage, and a lonely Neanderthal did not create marriage. God created marriage. And when he created marriage, he took Adam, he formed Adam out of the dust of the ground, remember, and then he cut him and took a rib out of him and created Eve, there was blood, which created a covenant. And the word covenant means a sacrificial permanent relationship. The reason that there's blood is because there's a demonstration at the beginning, this goes to death. It will be death, not murder, that parts us. I'm in it for the long haul. I'm in it. This is a sacrificial relationship. Hey, welcome back to the EXO Podcast. This is designed to help you thrive in life and in love. Thank you, Neil Prevo, for the earlier session talking about divorce. He was a divorce attorney that hates divorce, and we also talked with Emily and Ashley. But I am so excited about having Jefferson Bethke on the podcast. This is, this is a big deal. I mean, I, I know that he is a big deal on the Internet. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know about that. That's a stretch. Yeah. No, welcome to the XO Podcast, officially. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm really excited. 
Uh, you were on a program with my dad uh, a couple years ago, and he just went on and on and on about you. Uh, wow. It was, a, it was some TBN show. Uh, yep. I know you tune into TBN all the time. Uh, I, I don't as much, but I watched that episode as, 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 it, <laughs> as it happened and uh, was really impressed. I mean, this was kind of when you were kind of coming on the scene, and you are very, very famous for a YouTube video. Yeah, weirdly. It's a weird, it's a weird thing to say that, you know, our life trajectory and everything we do is all basically because of a four minute and 50 second creative, you know, YouTube video. So Am I putting you couldn't in a say box? that a decade ago. So it's kind of strange. <laughs> well, no, I, that's how a lot of people know you from that. You know, yeah. you came on the scene with that. It was very powerful, very good. Uh, millions and millions of people have seen that. But since then, you have kind of gone on to be very successful in speaking and writing. And you and your <laughs> wife, Alyssa, have produced several good resources that I've, I've, I've seen firsthand, uh, devotional books. Mm-hmm. and uh, a new book that's out. So talk to me a little bit about what you and your wife are doing for marriages in your marriage ministry that you're blossoming. Yeah, and this was really born out of um, our own experience too. And what I mean by that is, you know, we were, me and my wife got married about five, six years ago now, uh, young 20s. Um, we were doing college ministry at the time when we were dating, engaged, and married. Um, we were about, you know, five years older than some of the college students, but we were kind of leading a college ministry, a couple hundred students with a friend of mine, um, <clears throat> kind of co-pastoring. And I think just we saw um, being, you know, when you're in the trenches with the people of God day day in, day out, you kind of, especially in your city, in your context, in your college or whatever, I um, mean, your workplace, you see kind of the rhythmic problems, I call it, right? Where it's like the thing that comes up over and over again. And at least for us, the thing that kept coming up over and over again with the students and the uh, um, the young adults was definitely the areas of, you know, love, dating, marriage, sexuality, romance, and stuff of that nature. And specifically kind of um, how a lot of them are um, empty handed in that and haven't been really set up well for success, not only by the church, sadly, sometimes, um, but by, you know, their families and culture and stuff of this nature. And so, um, so we kind of tried to step in that gap. Now, one thing we're very particular to say too, is like, yeah, we, we, like, we don't know much, right. But, but I will say, I think this is an encouragement to hopefully all believers is you only have to be, you know, uh, one second ahead of someone else to be able to have something to hopefully turn around and encourage others with. Yeah, for us, we feel very called to kind of the young adult, almost all the way up to like 30s, young professionals, people in the workplace that are starting families, maybe been married a, de- married a decade or under, um, and just trying to set them up hopefully for um, success and noticing the differences that we've implemented in our own marriage, not perfectly, but certainly by the help of mentors and church community that we've seen fruit in already. It's not huge fruit because we haven't been married that long, but we've seen the trajectory shaping difference, right? Mm-hmm. Where we've been married long enough now, this is sad because we've only been married over five years. We've been married long enough now where we're starting to see the ducks fall with our friends. You know, we're like, that marriage has already got divorced. That marriage has already had an affair. You know, that marriage is already just like brutal and they hate each other. They're staying married, right? We see it's sad that, you know, that our peers are already in that level. And so I think we started to kind of realize, ah, man, our marriage, it's healthy. It's vibrant. We love each other. Not perfect. We have sin. We have hardships, but it's healthy. We can officially say that. And I think we're realizing that there's a couple little things we've started to to implement or we, that we did early, that, that that's what's responsible for that. Not our own behavior, but again, uh, marriage principles that have been tested through time, commitment to Jesus that is showing that difference. And so I think the more we go on, hopefully that'll just flourish more and more. But yeah, so that's kind of how we got into this space of um, just trying to turn around and share with people what has somewhat worked with us. Um, that's mainly been the product of mentors of ours who've poured into us um, in front of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's great. And I, 
I'd say that y'all really do have an opportunity to minister and to reach people that are just now getting married in the early mm. season of life. It's a tough gig. I mean, once you totally. get married, you're so you're such on a high, and you know you're you're in love. You you pursue this person, and I would say within the first thirty days, there can be issues yeah. that you know begin to fester and grow, and people don't know yeah. really where to turn. I'd say the honeymoon. <laughs> the honeymoon could be a, could be, it really can be a, the first opportunity for like oh my gosh, I'm sitting here totally. with somebody that. I don't understand what they're saying. They have weird yes. habits. Uh, and so giving the people an opportunity to just start. So the stuff that you all have, like the 31 creative ways to yeah. love him and her, um, yeah. it gives couples finally an opportunity to sort of start somewhere. And totally. give them hope and give them an opportunity just to learn something that will – it just takes sometimes just a small thing yeah. to make such a big result in a marriage. So uh, I know my dad yeah, – I mean, that's one of – that's one of our biggest things we talk about that has that we've learned the hard way, but once implemented has led to joy and flourishing is this analogy I use with like a garden where um, so many of us think like, like a garden's not going to bear fruit and it's not going to feed a family. It's not going to produce be- produce beauty if it's flowers and not, you know, agriculture. Um, if, um, if you're only like, you know, spending all day Saturday, just pruning it and watering it and taking care of it, but then leaving it neglected the other six days. But that's a lot of us, how we treat our marriages, right? I kind of equate that to like date nights. Date nights are vital, just like the huge Saturday work days are too. But date night's not going to sustain your marriage unless you're having the five minutes per day throughout the week, right? So if you're going, so date night should not be the thing that's going to save your marriage. Date night should be the outflow of how you've been loving each other in micro ways all throughout the week. And that's a big difference. And so basically, and the same with the gardening, right? Like the, the, a garden that produces beauty and feeds people and nourishes them is one that's taken care of for small moments every single day. Um, and to me, that's actually encouraging because that seems less pressure because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I can do five minutes a day, right? Um, and, but, but you just have to have that vision with it in that sense of understand that that is constantly pouring into it in a faithful way. Mm-hmm. Um, it does produce beauty in life down the road. And then another thing too is when you're pouring into a garden a couple minutes per day, you can't, you know, you can't water it for five minutes on Monday and then on Tuesday go outside and stare at it and say, okay, grow, 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 grow. You know, it's like you won't be able to see that. It's gardening is, you know, you do it and then two years later you go, oh man, that's a lot bigger than it was two years ago. Um, and I think that's the same thing with our marriages. It's good. Hey, that's why we're having you at Exo Conference. You know how to talk about marriage. You, <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. You're good at it. And we were just talking before the show started that um, some some of your friends that you know, know they're yeah. all going to be at the EXO conference, and we're having a great uh, great time. We're already sold out. We have a, a big audience that's going to be there waiting for you, Jefferson, to bring yeah. something really strong and good. So tease just a little bit um, uh, what what's the session going to be about, if you have that yet. Sometimes people aren't prepared. Uh, yeah, here, I might have a visitor real quick. Um, our, three, our three-year-old does not get at the door, so she might want to come say hi real quick. But I love um, that. I have a, I have a four-year-old. So hi. Hi. Hey. hey there. You say hi. Hi. She just got done swimming. That's why she doesn't have a shirt. But <laughs> hey, I'm spe- This is when I'm going to Dallas in a little bit, and so I'm talking to them about it. Is that cool? Oh. Yeah. He's in here. He is. He's inside the microphone. Isn't that cool? I'm in the computer. But yeah. So when I come in. Uh, February. I'm excited. I'm still, it's still working out the, the, the details of it, but I think the big vision that I really want to concentrate on is um, just a big vision for how, basically how without a vision for your marriage and your family, that's usually when, Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I love that's your hair. Usually when, this almost reminds me of like the, uh, what was it? The BBC interview that went viral last year. <laughs> 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 that, you, you're totally that kid. Um, 
Yeah, it's just without a vision and without a rhythm. Those are the two words that kind of are the kind of the buzzwords in our marriage. Um, in a marriage or in a family, it tends not to flourish. And so I think I'm I'm, I'm still working out the details on uh, that, but I think that's the heartbeat of where I'm feeling. I want to kind of go with that. I mean, how important those things are because they're 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 two. They're kind of vision and rhythm are kind of married to each other. And what I mean by that is vision. A lot of marriages don't have this big finish line of where they're going, where God's taking them, <laughs> where they're taking them, and so. That's a huge thing is where is God taking them and people need to have a vision. And then on top of that, um, they need rhythm and rhythm is what I call the things that are kind of they're coming back to to kind of feed their marriage and uh, their vision. So a vision without a rhythm, you burn out and a rhythm without a vision, you're kind of just spinning your wheels. Mm. So I'm kind of trying to uh, uh, weed that out a little bit more, but I'm really excited. Love it. And you're going to be with. So we have a lot of speakers coming, but you're kind of tied in with my dad and Master Cato. On Friday night, it's it's really the the biggest time of. I know. Talk about pressure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with those guys, those are like you know the Mount Rushmores of marriage Christians. You know? Right. We've also got Craig <laughs> Rochelle, who's a friend of yours. David yeah. Ashley Willis, the Fredericks. I mean, we've got some really strong uh, marriage groups. But you know, we, we're all out there trying to help couples in marriage, and I know you and Alyssa are doing the same thing. There's there's so much work out there to do, and I, I know that your totally. session will bless so many people. Uh, when, whenever you guys, um, near you come and speak. Okay. I've got some Facebook questions for you if you're Let's ready for it. them. And, and maybe you, I, I so appreciate your kids being on there cause I have 10, six and four year old. And oh, it's the best. It's hard. It's hard to like trap them somewhere for a long period of time. Totally. They're going to break I'm, out. I mean, and I, 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 I even remember that with the BBC thing of like, I love it. Cause to me, it's like, that's, I think, and this is a whole side note that I could do like a whole talk on, but I think we actually segment our life too much when a family should be very much a part of your rhythms, again, your job, your life. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I love it. Um, I don't know how comfortable you are giving, uh, like, I'm going to throw you some hard questions and you can just say pass or Best part, take let's them. do it. Let's do it. <laughs> so this came from uh, Timmy on Facebook. on Facebook in general or did they know for me or for anyone or what? We specifically said Jefferson Bethke. Okay, he's going to be on the podcast. You got questions for him? Uh-oh. And, okay. Yeah, so we've they? done this every week. So my dad had some tough ones. And then Dave <laughs> and Ashley were on the podcast. And uh, the first question up, Dave was like, I don't get a softball question. I mean, you're going to go straight for the hard ones. I know. No, I love it, though. Let's do it. All right, this is Timmy from uh, Facebook. How do you restore trust after infidelity in a marriage? That is a hard one. Um, and not hard because I don't think the answer is hard, but that is a, that is a hard process to walk through. Um, so I think I'll share, I mean, I don't have experience in this, but I have, uh, I think everyone has experience in regards to trust broken. Um, in general, whether it's with friendships or whether it's um, in a marriage. Now, of course, marriage is the most vulnerable relationship you'll be in. And so because of that, when trust is broken there, I think that's the biggest uphill climb. Then. Mm-hmm. And so I think that has to be recognized that, yes, this is it's long, it's a long, arduous process. But the cool part is by grace and with Jesus, it can happen. And I think the biggest thing is in restoring trust is understanding that it's not going to be some giant gesture that's going to restore the trust, but the micro moments every day for probably years will restore that trust. Now, a lot of people don't like that answer because it's a lot more work. Um, but I mean, like, so, you know, a quick story are, are the people that this was actually a little bit traumatic to us. Cause, um, well, for obvious reasons when I tell it, but we were 20, I was 22. I think Alyssa was 24 when we were getting married and, uh, 
our people who did our premarital counseling, um, amazing couple, you know, they're like in their sixties, I think, or upper fifties, you know, he's an elder in a, in the church. She was a biblical counselor. They've been married 30 plus years. Their kids, all their kids are older than us, even like, like they've, they just had amazing long life. Um, and that year, uh, he committed adultery and, uh, and it didn't come out for a couple of years later. And so that was, I mean, hard in some sense to know you're being counseled in that setting, but, um, but man, it, if I'm totally honest, they they walked the path of reconciliation and restoration of trust, even though it maybe looked like they weren't going to make it for about a year or two. Um, and they did that hard work and their marriage is completely honestly, and they would say this, I think, uh, more intimate and better and healthier than it was even before because they got to such a level of connection in the reconciliation. And I think they would say themselves, it took years. It's a, it's a, it's a whoever is the... Um, aggressor is the wrong word, but the person who has sinned, I think does has to take responsibility of understanding that it's a moment by moment um, choice to love and serve and continue to do micro decisions that'll restore the trust. And the person who has sinned against, I think has to constantly do that same choice against resentment, against bitterness, and then also kind of a release to the Lord of understanding that at the end of the day, the Lord is your identity, the Lord is your anchor, the Lord is your rock. And that can break the cycle because what happens is this bad cycle can be created of distrust, right? Where you don't trust them. So then this person acts different and then you stop trusting them even more because they're acting different. It just goes in a circle. And so I think you got to start doing this circle of trust or the cycle of trust. And that comes with humility on one side, receiving um, well and in grace on the other side. And that can really, um, I think, really do something beautiful. Great answer, Jefferson. <laughs> good job. That was, I was uh, expecting good, but that was great. Uh, okay, this was, uh, this one lady asked a lot of questions, but um, is it fair that the wife cooks and does the dishes each time a meal is served? This is more of a, this is an easier question for you, but. Quick answer, I say no. I think that's, <laughs> yeah. I totally, I think, yeah, I would just, sorry, husband, in that situation, I would just say no. Um, I mean, that's a, if I'm totally honest, the, the dinner cooking dishes thing, I think is a very low barrier of entry, easy way to communicate in the marriage that we're a team. Mm-hmm. It's, that's like, that's like an elementary way, I think, to be like, we, we, we are in this together, um, and of course, there's like I know marriages where they want where where the wife does do all of it because that's what that's that's what sets them up for success and that's how they 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 both have agreed to that and they want to do that um, to free the husband up either to have a little bit more break because he works maybe harder than or more hours than most husbands or whatever. But each marriage has to flesh those out on their own. And it sounds like from the tone of her <laughs> her question that this is not something that is very being stoked on by both parties. So. I would say that in that case, then no, I don't think um, it needs to just, someone needs to be pushed into a corner in that sense. And so I would say, have a talk with your spouse um, about how, because here's the thing you don't want to happen is don't have resentment over that, that you've never expressed. Nine times out of 10, people will get these little micro issues of, oh, he doesn't take the trash out or, oh, she does this, but they've never actually talked about it. And at the end of the day, they're just assuming a lot of things based on their family of origin right? Because of what their mom did and what their dad did. So have some really awesome talks about it. How Ask how you can mutually, like marriage is about mutual service, mutual lifting up of each other. And again, the dinner is just really easy way to like flesh that out in small ways that then I think can elevate to really more beautiful ways. But yeah, so for like me and Alyssa and our rhythms and our family culture, um, she 
usually will cook and then I almost always do the dishes and then sometimes I'll cook a little bit. And if she wants to serve me when I'm really tired, she'll do the dishes for me and you can kind of flip flop. But I think, yeah, just have patterns, have rhythms. And basically if, if you're feeling burnt out by that every night where if dinner and the, the family gathering at the table, which I think is the core actually of a family identity, if that is something that looms over your head every day because it's just a lot of work, it's burdensome and it's a bummer, then that is the bigger reason I think um, you really have to have a serious talk about it rather than just like, oh, I don't like it. But if it's actually impeding on one of the biggest things or benefits, I think, of a marriage and a family identity, which is the table, um, then yeah, just have a talk about it. And no, I would say it's probably not fair. Well, because her follow-up question, I mean, she really is upset. Uh, she says, is it, tr- is it true that men don't see the trash piling up until we, the wife, say something? And why would it be considered nagging to remind the blind husband that the trash is ready to be taken out? So... This guy who's married to her, totally. he's probably feeling like she's just nagging all the time. Totally. And he probably doesn't feel like he can ever get a, a fair shake because he works so much or because he just wants to totally. relax. So how would you yeah, like, that okay. talk to him that about tough. that? That one's tough. And I think me and, me and Alyssa had to walk through that one ourselves with a lot of the little stuff. And I, and I think you got you to gotta, – both parties have to admit – not maybe guilt, but just like have to admit um, areas of growth – on this one. It's not usually a hundred zero on this one. It's usually 50, 50. And what I mean by that is, you know, Alyssa was very much like here, here in general, this is a generalization. Not every marriage is like this, but in general, sometimes wives can assume that the husbands sh- should know something that they've never communicated. Um, and that's definitely true in our marriage, right? Where uh, Alyssa just thinks that I'm going to know something. Um, when, if I'm honest, I'm just, I'm, my, I'm, my mind's not as complex and as smart as hers. So I just, I'm like, you know, I don't think about anything, you know, uh, uh, unless I, unless I'm being told basically. And so that was our first step was we had, we both had to, I had to start to activate my mind to think about ways I can serve my wife better actively rather than being asked. That's my job. And then she's committed to, um, being more vocal about when things she wants done. But then there's a way to do that because she'd say, Hey, can you take the trash out? And I'd say, sure, of course. But uh, then I would take it out to, you know, I took it out in the, the next morning, mm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a big point of contention. And we had to realize like, oh, okay, when she says that, she means now. Um, but at least in our marriage, we kind of came to this agreement where she, she'll give me responsibilities, ask me to do certain things um, by a certain time. And that, for us, that solved it, right? Like, hey, can you take out the trash by tonight? And I'd say, yeah, sure. And I'd take it out by tonight or tomorrow. Or, hey, can you, you know, there's, can you take the trash out to the curb by the end, by Friday, you know, four days from now? Sure. So then she's able to release it from her to-do list rather than like, oh, it's not done yet. It's not done yet. It's not done yet. And has to keep it up here. And then I'm able to know when I can, basically how I can serve her right. So basically, I think it's a recipe for disaster if you're not really kind of setting a little bit more clear expectations. Um, and so, yeah, I, but that, that's hard. Um, then the kind of the common generalization of nagging and uh, passive husband is a tough, it's common and it's a tough thing to navigate. But I think, um, a lot of times it's really more simple than that. A nagging wife and a passive husband. It's you guys both love each other. You both care about each other. It's just a difference of communication and how we're wired. It's not as, you know, we don't have to like overdo our, in our mind that they're just like, Oh, they hate me because they're not whatever. Um, and so I think just learn to communicate, learn to, you know, set clear expectations or over communicate as we call me and Alyssa always say, you can never over communicate your way into a fight usually, or into a bad place. And so I think if you stick by that, you'll usually be good. This is from my Facebook uh, account. I have a question for you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so the, 
traditional roles in marriage. When I went through pre-marriage counseling, I've been married almost 20 years. Uh, I am only 40 years old, but I've been, I got married almost 20. Uh, so we had a pre-marriage process that asked the question, do you have a traditional view of marriage? Meaning that the husband works, the wife yeah. stays home, there's traditional views of chores and that sort of thing. It seems like nowadays couples, when they're getting married, have a completely different standard for what marriage looks like. Meaning that the husband's role is not traditional anymore. And I'm, yeah. I'm asking the question, do you see that? Is that right? And how do you kind of coach couples in the millennial generation, couples coming up now that really equality is the big term of the day. We're all the same. We're both, totally. we're both bringing home the bacon. We're both frying it up in the pan. How do you really navigate the, the waters of a biblical marriage, for, for example, totally. with that? Yeah, I think that's a really, really good question. I think that's a very pertinent question today, and I think that's a question a lot of couples are wrestling with. I tend to say that the one-size-fits-all of, like, the husband goes out and works and makes the money and the wife stays home and cooks and takes care of the kids, personally, and at least in marriages that I've seen in a lot of friends and a lot of peers, that can be overly burdensome and mm-hmm. overly damaging to some marriages, some marriages. Um, and so I just think the one-size-fits-all isn't the most helpful for the human flourishing of, of marriages. But of course, scripture is crystal clear in um, uh, the distinction of man and woman. You, you know, culture is trying to take it one step far. Like I, I, think, I think the Bible makes the argument that, yeah, men and women are equal, but different. Mm-hmm. Scripture, uh, culture is trying to take it one step farther of equal and not different, right? homogenous and flat and similar. And that's, that, that's unbiblical. That's wrong. That's a lie we should fight so hard against um, that we are distinct in our sex and our gender, complementing each other, coming together as one entity, one unit for the good of mankind. But with that being said, the way I, the analogy I like to use is the circle versus the dot, right? So I think a lot of people have this dot mentality with, uh, with uh, traditional uh, marriage roles. And what I mean by that is like, it's like a bullseye. You either hit it, like the woman is just like, leave it to beaver, you know, like where's the apron and honey, you know, uh, welcome home and all these things. You either nail that or you're not a traditional biblical wife and you're out of God's will and you're sinning. Um, And same with the husband, you know, it's like, it's the husband has to bring home the bacon and provide and do all this stuff. And if you're not, then you're not a biblical husband. Um, It's like, basically you either hit it or you don't hit it. When I think the better picture is like a circle, right? Where you are, there's, you can have a bunch of different dots fit in a circle. And you're still in God's vision for what it means to be a man, a provider, and a husband, or a, a woman um, who's you know an entrepreneur, or a woman who wants to stay home and take care of the, the kids. Um, um, and you can still be in that vision. But at the same time, a circle still has boundaries, right? You can be out of that vision. You can be out of that circle. Um, and so I think that's just a more helpful way to think about it. And I think um, that's something that I think is really, really important is, is that is you have to – I think it's a bad question to ask is – what do all marriages look like? So then how do I make all right marriages look like? So how do I make mine, mm-hmm. at least in the sense of uh, roles in a black and white way? Um, uh, and instead ask, okay, God has brought us two people, unique image bearers together to be a better team than we would be single. How has he brought our giftings, our uh, 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 roles together? And how can we navigate this space for the flourishing of both of us, where not one gets diminished and one gets elevated, but we're actually both flourishing. Now, of course, there's sacrifice on that, right? Both should be sacrificing in some sense, and both should be lifted in some sense. Um, and I think, yeah, and culture does that. Culture with this conversation is all about how can the one person be elevated over the other, right? Like how can um, 
It's all about fighting for your rights and what you want when the Christian biblical model is about lifting up the other person and dying for them. So there should be a sense of like that's polar opposite than the culture our cultural conversation right now. So I think um, – yeah, you just you have to, and that's more work personally. I think a lot of couples don't want to do that because you get, when you got to figure it out, then that takes years. Like we got to really hash this out. We got to try some different things. We got to see what makes us get closer to God and love Him more and love neighbor more, um, rather than just like, oh, okay, you stay home, I go work, you cook, you do this. Um, and in general, I would say I try to encourage guys or challenge guys. I think guys tend to like that model more because it personally, I think, makes it – that's a much easier job for the guy in my opinion to go work and come home and do nothing. Right. It's gets, much easier than to, to go, go home and just relax while the, – typically the, in those scenarios, the wife is working 24 hours a day. Exactly. And that's, and, and that's – and we don't talk about that part. Of, I, I, think, I think we have to very much admit – in the stereotypical kind of caricatured version of that 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 uh, conversation, the man is making off easy and the woman is getting crushed. Mm-hmm. And that's we need to talk about that, right? Like, wives are the ones that burn out. Wives are the ones that are just be, being in, have to wear an insane amount of hats. The dad gets to go do a job, uh, make money, come home and sit there and watch football. Mm-hmm. You know, or if at least that's the vision you have for that, then that's wrong. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, and it's. I think in some sense it should be reversed, right? A, a dad in some sense should be the one who's giving the most, um, working, then coming home, then helping with the family, then doing the baths, then helping with dinner. And then if the wife wants to, you know, because the wife's been doing the same thing all day. So, yeah, that's something that's got to be fleshed out on the ground with each marriage. Mm-hmm. Hey, Jefferson, great stuff. That was awesome. And uh, No, thanks. This was, this was fun. Man, I'm getting fired up. I already I want, I want it to be February 9th already. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're, you're all the way in Hawaii, but I feel the energy coming all the way from the <laughs> – Across the ocean. All right. So, uh, do you have a URL you want to give folks to uh, check out? Is it Thirty One Creative Ways to Love Him and Her? Yeah, sure. Yeah. If people just go to jeffandalyssa.com, J E F F A N D A L Y S S A dot com, it'll have all our stuff on there. The Thirty One Creative Ways books, which is like a fun kind of love challenge, we call it, gives you thirty one different challenges for a month to kind of love and serve each other. We have our more traditional books on there, Love That Last, which is more like a you know fifty thousand word, twenty chapters, stuff like that. Um, videos, all our stuff's on there. So if you just go to the website, you can uh, keep up with everything and say hi to us on social media and stuff. And if you want to see Jefferson live, you can come to South Lake, Texas. Check out the simulcast. Uh, he'll be there. It's going to be good. It's going to be awesome. I'm excited. I'm yeah. excited. Am I going to see you there? I will be there. I'm, I'm actually going to be doing the podcast there, so we'll, we may grab you to do a little... It'll be like behind the scenes? Behind the scenes. That's right. All right. Let's do it. My dad does all the big stage stuff. I do the behind the scenes stuff. <laughs> all right. So, yes, check him out. Go to exomarriage.com as well, uh, forward slash podcast, and you can check out all of our podcasts, the show notes. We'll post the URLs to Jeff and Alyssa's site. It, it really is good stuff, as you can tell from the content today. He's got a lot to say about marriage. Uh, also, thanks to Neil Prevo uh, for being on the pod- podcast today. He is the divorce lawyer that hates divorce. Emily and Ashley, thanks as well. Hey, next week, we've got George and Tondra Gregory coming up. George is the chaplain for the San Diego Chargers. Not the San Diego Chargers. It's the L.A. Chargers now. <laughs> and uh, they have a marriage ministry. Also, Clayton and Ashley Hurst from Lakewood, Texas. They have a new book out. All these couples will be a part of the EXO Conference you want to be there. We have so many good couples coming to teach you and transform your life and, and your relationship, just like you heard from Jeff and Alyssa. It can happen for anybody if you just want to spend some time learning how to do it. All right. Thanks so much for being part of the podcast. Thanks again, Jefferson. Hey, thanks so much. Your kid's awesome. Very cute kid. <laughs> That's right. All right. Take care. We'll see you next time.